college football season is a long, wild road. And for the Pitt Panthers, it's just getting started with this season in the palm of their hand. For now, the cathedral stands, glowing with the lights of victory. But after beating an SEC team on the road, are we being set up for a big disappointment? This journey is our life on this week's Hail to Pit podcast. Finishing it in these final 30 minutes. Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia. We're knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina, and it's happening in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just that's what it is. One hell of a game that you will never ever forget. We shocked the world. Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. This is the week of September 18th, 2021, and this is the Hail to Pit podcast. I'm Alan. And I'm Vince. ACC. ACC. Or no, it should more likely be the Alliance. The Alliance. The Alliance scored a big W over the Super SEC this past weekend when Pitt took the first ever Johnny Majors Classic from the Vols. If you missed it and you watched Oregon beat Ohio State instead, don't worry. You saw the same game. What a big noon it was last weekend, Vince. Pitt coming out on top in a major, majors win. Undefeated in Johnny Majors Classics, Pitt is right now. Uh, Undefeated on the 2021 season. Just bucking a lot of trends left and right. Streaks being broken. Uh, this Panther team just came out and, and played hard for, for 60 minutes, didn't get rattled at the beginning of the game, fought back, and then didn't look back uh, and held on for a big victory. Uh, this, this, you know, not saying this is a great Tennessee team, uh, but this could be a, a program-changing type win now. A lot of people are saying, I read that in the Pitt News. I read that <laughs> online. I read that everywhere. Could be a, a cha- big changer for Pat Narduzzi and the future of the Pitt Panther football team because of that win. But again, the Vols not very good, so there's stuff to pick apart. There's a lot to talk about, and of course, we're getting ready for... Wait, is this week New Hampshire? Is this the New Hampshire week yet? No, no, it's Western Michigan. (laughs) Damn it. All right, whatever. We'll talk about the Western Michigan game coming up. We got a lot to get into, but first, at H2P Shows, where you can follow us, want to remind you... If you want to reach us on Twitter, give us a follow, interact with us, Hail in a Pit Online, that's where you can do it. Or you can email us if you want to send a whole bunch of characters, or as they call them in the English language, sentences. You could send lots of sentences to us, maybe even an attachment of an autograph you got from Tony Dorsett. Hail the number two, pitpodcast at gmail.com. We appreciate the feedback we get online, on the internet, all the time even on Panther Lair, where we also are lurking and growling with you, Hill in the Pit. And we are brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. You could get your own podcast started, like this show, with your own producer, sounding great, getting things done, only worrying about doing the show instead of all the technical mumbo-jumbo. I don't know. I see them with audio waveforms and whatnot and taking out all the stupid stuff we say before the show and in the middle of the show and making it sound like a cohesive show and they do it at an affordable rate and you could get started with them right now by going to prettyeasypodcast.com do it 
They make podcasting uh pretty easy. Down by 10 in front of 80,000 people, Vince. 80,000 people, a 10-point deficit, and not once did anyone on the pit sideline really, like you say, falter or sway or get rattled. I'm going to say because instead of looking at the scoreboard, people just looked at Kenny Pickett's hair and said, <laughs> we got this. Oh, my goodness. You know, I mean, sun just beating down on him, sweating. You know, Mr. Cool over there just sitting on the bench looking like Tim Riggins, just ready to go in there and run somebody over. Oh, my goodness. You know, he just th- – this guy's got the eye of the panther. And he he just went out there and just started slinging that ball all over the yard. Uh, the panthers just up and down the field. Uh, you know, st- offense started out a little slow. But once they got in groove, they were tough to stop. Putting up over 40 points on the road in the, in an, against an SEC team that's not Vanderbilt. I don't, I don't care who you are. That's pretty impressive. Absolutely. And, you know, Pitt did it, I think, being kind of one-dimensional on offense. Or, or I mean, there's not much running game really to, really to speak of. Uh, to get into the good and bad of this, the first, the top good of this whole thing, though, is that this was the first non-conference win, Power 5 non-conference win on the road since 2003, since my first stint. As a Pitt student, Vince, before that, Pitt beat A&M in 03. What was that? Rod Rutherford, we said. Yeah. And, and, and it's the first one since then. So Pitt obviously owns the SEC whenever they travel to an SEC school. Although back then, A&M, I guess, wasn't an SEC school. Whatever. Splitting hairs. Pitt finally back on the board on the road in the Power Five. Yeah, that's that's a big thing, and you know it, it was obvious. I, I'd like to get your opinion, Alan. That it, Tennessee, you know, for all the troubles that this team has had, you know, uh, it just haven't been that great. Coaching changes, tons of players transferring. They still had a lot of athletes on that team, a lot of SEC athletes on that team, and you could tell that you know, uh, in some areas, special teams, probably particularly, they had a lot of speed. There was no doubt about that, but but Pitt was able to match him. Yeah, I mean that's that that's not going to be an issue for Tennessee getting athletes. There's always going to be really good players or really talented athletes that want to play in front of eighty thousand people, even if they're going to be on a bad team. Uh, but this Tennessee team went out there with two quarterbacks that really couldn't do anything against the Pitt defense. Now, credit to uh, Hendon Hooker who. Here and there had some uh, flashes with his legs. Uh, maybe did he expose Pitt or not? We'll talk about that. But you had guys who were recruited by other big time schools that transferred to Tennessee, a whole lot of them on the field. So this is why you get excited about this. It's not like Pitt was out there against a UMass. They were against a, a bunch of highly recruited players. Uh, and and what those are a lot of them haven't panned out or are really young or have been injury prone. Tennessee has all the excuses in the world for not being an elite SEC team. But the fact of the matter is they are an SEC team with quality players and the pit defense went out there and did what they always do. And, and they lived up to the hype. And that's what I am most excited about coming out of this game. Stops, takeaways, key moments. Did it? Yep. Yeah. Specifically in that fourth quarter, a bit big uh, fourth down stop on the goal line by Johnny Patrician. That that Fox Garden, yes, that Fox Garden, the hen house. Uh, I still, the- I'm still on the fence about that guy, but we'll see. 
<laughs> and then uh, Brandon Hill, a big interception uh, to help close that game out uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, a couple sack fumbles in that game. Lots of splash plays. Yeah, they gave up uh, a fair amount of points. But, uh, you know, a lot of that, I don't know if it was necessarily, you know, poor defense all the time. It was mostly just missed, missed tackles to me. Uh, you know, I mean, 19 missed tackles uh, in that game. Um, you know, if they, you know, clean up half those, uh, Pitt probably runs away with this game much more than they did. You know, some of those were just just, just flat out bad. Yeah. Th- see, the thing about this win is it's really exciting. I'm very happy about it. But I'm, I feel like the negative, at least on my mind, outweighs all the positive. Now, Pitt almost got 400 yards total offense. They made clutch clutch plays on defense at key moments but there were penalties there were so many damn missed tackles at the boundary especially like just at where you could just easily push a guy out of bounds and I do not know what was going on with the pit secondary and tackling in this game but it was atrocious and then the 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 run game non-existent and that's probably why this game wasn't put away quicker than it sh- it was because Pitt, I think, was obviously the better football team. But even though Tennessee, I mean, Tennessee gave them so much, 13 penalties, 134 yep. yards from that. I mean, if, if there were gifts left and right, but Pitt didn't capitalize enough on those. And that's uh, concerning. Th- yeah, they they didn't. Uh, but but you know they they did score, still put up a lot. Uh, one, I know the running game was not great this game by any stretch. But at the end of the game, when they had to run the clock out with about five minutes left, they were able to do that when Tennessee knew that they were going to run. So I thought that was very encouraging that they got some tough yards at the end. I know Alan, you you were critical specifically of that right side of that offensive line. During this game, uh, Gabe Hoy, what are you doing to me here? Come on. I mean, that's let's get a push. Let's get something. Why not try to cheat a little and jump a little bit before the ball's (laughs) even snapped? Do something here, Gabe Hoy, or get out of the game. I'm calling him out. Uh, He's had the opportunities. Um, You know, Pitt has guys they can go to try. They could try out on the offensive line we've talked about before who maybe art is experienced but might be better options they're going to find out hopefully soon because you can't go on into ACC play like this um I'm going to say this though back to the good I do want to point out I think the biggest takeaway is that there were none for Tennessee I mean obviously you had the special teams splash play but Kenny Pickett in the offense didn't give the ball up in front of 80,000 people in that atmosphere um to to Play, to play smart with the football is is huge in that atmosphere. So I'm going to really offensively hang my hat on that as a Pitt fan. And, of course, the defense just – I mean, m- making life hell. Milton didn't want to go back in the game. Hooker got out there and was excited too, but he, he could only do one thing, and once that got figured out, he was done. Yeah, I thought it was, you know, very well coached. On defense, uh, I you know I hear some people complaining. Oh, there were some receivers that were wide open. That was by design. You know, you make you know we know Joe Milton and Hendon Hooker can't hit those deep passes. So you make the other team's weakness try to beat you. You're not going to let them run on you. We talked about how good those running backs were. 
uh, in Tennessee's first game. They got nothing this game. Uh, we said we got to contain some of those quarterback runs. You know, for the most part, we held them down pretty good. Uh, we got pressure. We pressed their receivers at the line of scrimmage. We had one-on-one coverage, and we made them make a tough throw. And most of the time, they couldn't do it. So I, from that standpoint, I thought it was very well coached. It used our personnel uh, the way they should be deployed against this type of offense, which is a tough offense to stop. You know, spreading guys out. You know, they did have some fast receivers, but for the most part, we held them down. Yeah, and you know, the the tackling again was just terrible. So it made maybe the Tennessee receivers look better than they actually were. Um, Pitt took their chances against this offense. Now that's the big question too. I have coming out of this was this. Uh, matching up your opponent and and calling plays according to who you're playing, or was was that just a perfect fit for Tennessee's weaknesses against Pitt and what they do well, pushing up against receivers, daring you to throw downfield and getting after the quarterback? Like if Pitt does that against UNC, I don't know if that will work. Well, well, I'll say this. I'll say this. Yeah, yeah. I mean. This is a was a perfect matchup, and we talked about this last week. That you know this you know this offense Tennessee has, uh, at least from the quarterback position, is tailor made for for what Pitt's trying to do on defense. Uh, yeah, whenever they're going up against a North Carolina, uh, you know that, that might not be the case. They may not be able to to uh, you know weave some of those uh, uh, cornerbacks out on an island, you know, nearly as much, but. Uh, you know, maybe they do something different, mix up some blitzes a little bit more, be able to get to the quarterback quicker. I'm not sure, but I, I guarantee you the scheme will be tweaked a little bit. I hope. Uh, I, I, I hope, hope so too. Because a lot of it, it's it, it's odd. Everything coming out of this pit win feels like a big early season pit victory that we always see. Uh, but then you throw in the big differences. This was in an SEC stadium in front of 80,000 people, and there was adversity that was overcome. So. That's exciting to see, but then again, you do see, okay, it was a favorable matchup for Pitt. It was not an, a quality SEC opponent they faced, and you know, I'm still nervous. I think, what did I call four straight ACC losses to start this ACC <laughs> schedule, and I'm not backing off from that, from what I saw in that game, Vince. I'll tell you that, coming out of the Tennessee win, I'm pumped, I have hope, but I'm not, as a better, I'm not going to back away from that. I still think there's vulnerabilities for for Pitt because they just have the 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 lack of a run game and then we saw the the poor tackling oh my goodness and then everyone's favorite fault when it comes to the Pitt Panthers just wacky decisions when it comes to <laughs> choosing to kick a field goal Jeez, yeah, it, it somehow worked out but I'm not quite sure <laughs> yeah that was the right I think he coach has probably learned his lesson on almost one. almost as fortunate as John Gruden's field goal kicking decisions this past oh weekend. That, I mean, it was just that was some dumb luck. But I mean, I guess this was testing your kickers was was part of the thinking. I would hope. I don't know the answer Narduzzi gave about that, but did anyone even dare ask him? I'm not. I'm not sure. I I I can't recall in the in the, in the post game press conferences that if that was talked about. Um, but. You know, outside of, well, if you're going to talk about the kickers, you know, outside of that, they did pretty good. You know, they're, they're doing, you know, which a position that was, you know, in question at the beginning of the season seems to have held up. But, but Alan, I, you know, if they, you know, if they make some tackles, 
and make more tackles. And, you know, maybe Hooker doesn't get one of those long runs. Maybe they that touchdown they gave up at the end of the first half, you know, Tennessee doesn't get that. And, and you know, Pitt wins this game, you know, a, a 41 to, you know, uh, 17 or 41, 24. Are we looking at this? How much different are we looking at this game? Oh yeah. If this was, if this ended up a two score uh, game, uh, then I, I would be talking about the Pitt Panthers have figured, figured out how to dominate. I mean, cause they really, when you look at it, it you know, after the fact, they should have dominated Tennessee, I feel. And then you probably listened to a Tennessee Volunteers podcast this week, and they probably said, oh, we should have got him. We had him. They couldn't <laughs> yeah. even stop Hooker. Yeah. But that's how foot, I guess that's how football goes. But there are, there are numbers and there are, and there are optics that support Pitt, better football team. And I really feel like they should have won by at least 10. So that's a disappointment. Overall, coming out of it, can't complain, though. It was a W. And the unfortunate thing is it's too, I mean, just, I don't know if you call, what do you call them? Let downs, trap games, whatever you want to say before ACC play starts. I hate the upcoming schedule after this Tennessee game, Vince. Absolutely hate it. This is the time where we would need the alliance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the Well, I'll say this, you know, uh, Pitt has had so many tough non-conference schedules where they've had to go up against, you know, you know, multiple top 10 teams, you know, even before they get to the conference play, uh, you know, it, it, in college football, you're better off beating a bad team than losing to a good team. So I'm not, I'm not going to complain about this. I mean, we still got to go out there and get the job done. We got to stay focused. Uh, but it, to me, to me, this is welcomed. I, I, I don't care what anybody says. You really are you, you so you're excited for Western Michigan, uh, yeah. coming off of the Tennessee game. I would have, I would have been happier with like a, a Northwestern matchup at home <laughs> or, or Oregon State coming to Heinz Field. That's oh what I'm looking forward to one day. Oh my. That's, well, that that's may not happen. Where we're at. Yeah. We're now yeah. we're at Western yeah. Michigan, the, the Broncos. Yeah. Well, but before. In. Before we before we jump into that game, one last thing about the Tennessee game, and this may be my favorite part about the Tennessee game, is that now that we have a, an SEC team to root for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big Volunteers fans here on this show. Let's go get them. I'm, you think who are we going with next, this week? Is Hooker or Milton starting? See, I'm 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 all about Hooker the rest of the way for, for us. That's what I'm saying. Uh, uh, yeah, I I I think I don't know how they could go with Milton. <laughs> I mean, I, they are playing. They're playing. Who they play? Like they're playing like Tennessee Tech or, or somebody. Yeah. Somebody horrible. Tennessee Tech Golden Eagles before we take on Florida on the road, and we're going to beat them. Is that that team that Eddie George is coaching? Tennessee Tech is that the and they just played uh, Deion Sanders. Team? I, I don't yeah. know, but this team is whoever they're playing is supposed to be pretty bad. Uh, so they they should win, and then you know Florida. I think they do have a chance against Florida. I I think Florida is very overrated. We'll be talking about them at the end of the show. Uh, I honestly but, don't. I don't know. I don't know if Tennessee's going to win a, another game after this week until they play Vanderbilt in their last game of the year. Some so people are thinking that. I'm sure. <laughs> definitely be the case, and that that will be very bad for Pitt. But uh, we'll we'll root for them the rest of the way, and uh, can't wait to see them uh, coming up for the next Johnny Majors Classic. But 
we must move on because the Western Michigan Broncos are coming to town and you know, you, you never want you, you never want to let up even if you're facing a team like a Western Michigan and Ohio or whoever we see in this spot every single year uh, because you could be let down when you have major ACC games coming up. These are tune-ups. This isn't a preseason game though because there are some issues that could uh, that the pit uh, defense could even face this week, Vince. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, Western Michigan. I, you know, they. I know their offense hasn't necessarily shown it tremendously this year, but uh, you know, they got a pretty good quarterback in Caleb Elby. Uh, you know, a very efficient guy with a strong arm. Uh, you know, he's he's had uh, um, he's been a multi multiple year starter. Uh, he's he's willing to push that ball down the field. Uh, regarded as one of the best quarterbacks in the in the MAC. And they got a pretty good running back tandem with uh, Ladarius Jefferson and Sean Tyler, uh, so it, it uh, they're they're a, they're a pretty well balanced attack. I know they didn't quite show it uh, against Michigan. They kind of that game got a kind of got away from them pretty quickly. Uh, but this isn't going to be uh, this is not a UMass coming to town, Allen, or no, or, no. or a Bishop Sycamore for that matter. No, no, this there's nothing fake about the Broncos here. This is a legitimate. Uh, uh, I mean, they, they haven't gotten off to a hot start, but it's like a legitimate statistical offense that can hurt you if you're not messing around, if you're messing around. Um, I, I mean, if you want to pull up the the analytics on the Western Michigan Broncos, there are some ratings that have them not even top 25. I'm talking top top 10, top 12 offenses in the okay. country. Yeah. When it comes to under the hood stats, overall performance, not a team to be messed with, although they did come out uh, in their first game and they got and they got beat up pretty good against Michigan. Um, you know they only put up fourteen against the Michigan. So if you correlate that to Pitt, Vince, uh, Pitt should win in a in a similar fashion if they're at home and uh, you know taking on a, a team that's probably not as pumped as they were to face Michigan. Although now they are a few weeks in, so their offense is probably humming a little bit better than it was that week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, yeah, you got to think that, you know, Western Michigan's getting a little bit more in groove that, you know, they, they, they shut out uh, Illinois state last week, 28, nothing. So, so I think they're, they're, you know, they, uh, they're, you know, they're getting into the swing of things of the season. Um, and, and that tackling that we had last week, it's got to improve and it's, I think it's going to be tested this week. Uh, Ladarius Jefferson, their running back, uh, is six one two thirty five, a big boy to, Ooh. to bring down. So, you know, that tackling has to be improved. And, and if I'm coach, you know, he's, he said that we were going to have, uh, some live periods this week with tackling during practice. And you got to think, you know, if you're a player, you know, and you miss a tackle, out there in the game, you you might be sitting on the bench. You might not get a chance well, I, to get back in. When we were watching, I said, "What is he going to do to these guys for missing <laughs> these tackles? What what was what did Narduzzi do to all the players that missed all these tackles? Because I mean, what what could you do? I mean, this is these were egregious missed tackles, and I just hope more than anything, uh, Pitt tackles well." Uh, and is prepared to play because it could be a dogfight. Now you're talking about just look. I, I, I like comparing because we're talking about an alliance team this team faced. <laughs> so it's, it's fun to compare. And so when we say Pitt's going up against a team Michigan uh, thumped and had some 
I mean, just big splash plays on offense, but really ran it all over them, down their throats. Yeah. Pitt, Pitt can't do that. So Pitt's not – if Pitt can't run the ball on this team, uh, they're going to have to control clock with, you know, Kenny Pickett's efficient arm and, of course, not turning the ball over and making, you know, big, big-time plays on defense. And that's definitely doable, but – this is not a, a game where, you know, I feel like in the fourth quarter it's going to be wrapped up and we're just going to have a fun 15 minutes of just looking ahead to the big New Hampshire game. Well, I, I hope we're in a situation where we could have a fun 15 minutes or maybe a fun 30 minutes. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I, we, we cannot overlook uh, this Western Michigan team. It's going to be tough, tough. But, you know, if Pitt's defense comes out on fire and – you know, Pitt's offense continues to build upon what they have been, you know, getting that running game going a little bit. But also, you know, this passing offense has been tough to stop. A lot of guys getting involved. And we saw, you know, uh, Western Michigan, when they played Michigan in that first game, they gave up two touchdown passes of over 70 yards. Uh, so, you know, they are, you know, vulnerable, deep. And, you know, maybe this is uh, – a week where you know we're really going to see some airing it out, uh, and and you know really spread the ball around. I, we've been doing that, and maybe I think that's really going to continue. That seems to be what our game plan is: is just passing to set up the run, and I, I think that's okay if if you're efficient at it, and which it seems like we are at the moment. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, there's going to be a really really quality performance by the secondary coming out of this game. Uh, because I think the matchups are there. Again, Pitt's going to be able to just play the exact type of defense they want to play. So when they're in that situation, that's why you feel cozy about this one. Uh, Caleb Ellaby is is a guy who can, you know, he's reliable, and I think he's a good Mac quarterback uh, for this day and age. Maybe not in the heyday of the Mac. I don't know if this guy would have started. But now, <laughs> but now uh, he's he's – you know, solid, which is what Pitt saw in Ohio when they faced, uh, what was his name? O'Rourke or whatever. He's face playing in the CFL now, yeah. uh, you know, a, a, a professional quality quarterback of a sort. So uh, there's there's issues that could happen here if you mess up and you miss tackles again and you uh, blow coverages. And we haven't seen that part of it yet from Pitt, but that the, the good thing about a game like this is the pit defense is is so reliable i feel like at this point even with the bad tackling last week um that they're going to be able to handle western michigan on that on that side turning the ball over can they go two weeks in a row without turning the ball over on offense that's a major thing i'll be looking out for vince yeah i i think so i mean you know like we said kenny pickett he he's been taking the care of the ball very well some good play designs, not having to make, you know, extremely difficult throws. Because he's not really – and not really tired because he doesn't have to run to the sideline as much this year so far. Yeah, so he that's hasn't also been doing as much of that. Uh, there were some fumbles in that UMass game, but, you know, that seems like it was corrected uh, for for this game uh, uh, last week against Tennessee. So we got to keep that uh, going. Not that we ran a ton against Tennessee. Maybe that's why. Uh, but – <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. If, if Pitt doesn't turn this ball over, uh, in this game and, you know, they play as aggressively as they have been on defense, uh, that's going to go a long way to getting a W here. 
Yep. So we're going to put a pin in it, and uh, we will get to our our uh, picks for that game, our predictions. Uh, but I'll just say this: that uh, on one side of that uh, offensive line, Vince, uh, they've got a guard in Dylan Dethridge, who's one of the worst pass protectors in the country, according to according to PFF, which we're utilizing this week to inform us on especially some of these non-alliance teams. But I'm looking at the grading on their <laughs> offensive line. Could be a field day for guys like Haba, John. Yeah. Moore. So. Yeah, I mean, if they're if they're vulnerable up the middle, I mean, Kalaja Kansi and Keyshawn Camp last week played a hell of a game. Those guys were bringing it constantly uh, up the center, uh, making making it difficult for whoever was playing quarterback there. Oh yeah, so this this could be a big game for the Pitt D line as per usual, but especially maybe they can uh, just really beef up those numbers, those pressure numbers to show that Pitt is. Uh, the D-line university that everyone knows it is. But here we go, Vince. What do you say we get back to that and we go out into the cyberspace to see what people are saying about the Pitt Panthers on the Pitternet. Can you explain what Internet is? I hear there's rumors on the uh, Internets and to all those faceless keyboard warriors on Twitter. But we're a good darn football team. I'm proud of these guys. So it was announced this week that the Backyard Brawl next year will open up the season on a Thursday night. Thursday night action on, I believe it's September the 1st, 2022. Vince, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I don't know if this has been officially announced, but this has all but been confirmed by, you know, several sources. Um, I'm not quite sure how I feel about this. Um, From a football standpoint, I think this is very good because this is going to be a a nasty game i don't i don't think there's any other way to look at it it's going to be a hard-hitting game and in week two the tennessee volunteers are coming to town uh (laughs) so any extra rest that we could get before that game i think would be welcome see that's what i'm all about this is this is alliance football baby this is big (laughs) games week to week don't you love to see it? I like it. I would have been happier with this being the last game before ACC play, personally. But to start it off this way, this gives so much hype and and a big spotlight to both schools. More importantly, Pitt for when they go out there and uh, beat WVU in a big one. Uh, but there's a lot of trash talk already. I mean, it's getting it's heating up already. I saw John Antonick, uh, who's a, a WVU guy tweeting out about Pitt this week. I, I mean, WVU people haven't talked about Pitt in years because uh, um, when it comes to football because they haven't had to. But he was talking about how Pitt hasn't had a, a real significant ACC win or big game. I mean, I I mean, I would still say, you know, 13 to 9 is a way bigger win than the Clemson win uh, because – you're you're beating your biggest rival uh, on national television, or uh, maybe not not the biggest your biggest rival, but beating one of your main rivals on national television, and you stop them from playing for the national championship game, which they haven't even been close to sniffing since then, and maybe will never again if they're not part of a, of an alliance. Let the trash talk begin, and then uh, you know, just under a year from now, 
uh, we'll be able to maybe forget about 13-9 uh, because Pitt, we're going to talk about 69 nothing. Pitt defeating WVU in the first game of the year. That's what I'm predicting right now this very second, uh, although I don't know who's going to be quarterback. That's an issue. Do we have to break that game down just yet? Can we put a pin in that as well? Uh, yeah, I think we could wait, but I'm, I'm very excited to talk about it. <laughs> as soon as the season's over, we, we will be. Only bummer is there will be no game day or big noon kickoff well, for that because it is a Thursday night. Well, it is going to be the Thursday night opening to the season. I wonder if, if you know, I mean, I would think that this is going to be the, the, you know, ESPN nationally televised game. And maybe they are going to have their crew there for this one. Uh, I, I wouldn't rule it out. At least we'll get Joe Tessitore. That's what I think we'll, Pitt will probably get for, for no Corso, <laughs> no Bear, no uh, Ashton Kutcher making the picks before the game. But it, it'll be entertaining, nonetheless. At T Meberg on Twitter on the Pitternet said, "How to fix Pitt's pro- football program? Number one, build a stadium on campus. Number two, get an actually living Panther as a mascot." Number three, done. Uh, you know who agrees with Team Eberg? Kenny Pickett. Because what I learned on the Kenny Pickett show last week was that Kenny Pickett is lobbying hard for an on-campus stadium, although he doesn't know where they're going to put it. Yeah, I don't know where they're going to put it either. I mean, yeah, it would be great, but I mean, it, it doesn't seem like it's happening uh, anytime soon. And if it did, I'm sure... A lot of people would find some things to complain about. <laughs> you know, with all due respect, and I love the I love the street, but there are some you know shacks on Bates that they could probably knock down that are probably oh, already yeah, absolutely uh, already just standing there and, and condemned, and no one's allowed near them anyway. So, oh, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I I think it would be great if they just you know leveled that whole area and and uh, um. And just you know, had a, had a huge parking lot and a, and, a, and a stadium of appropriate size. Oh, but then I think really world classes would be if they built the stadium, but also attached affordable housing for students and community members to the stadium. Why not do that? It's a big old building. You can well, do that. I was, well, that's what I was about to say. If you leveled the South Oakland area, where where would the students be getting down to like the latest jams? That's true. Where would or where would the and where a lot there are a lot of old Italian pe- folks that I knew at least <laughs> yeah. that you know your shout out to the Provenzanos and 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 the crew you know that you got those people also need a, a place to call home so Kenny Pickett needs to maybe slow his roll on that but he doesn't have the sway that he uh, he would need to get that built just although yet, maybe the by BMO the end of the year he might true that's true if if he could stay one more year. <laughs> beat WVU, get to the college football playoff, then Kenny Pickett pro- could probably get the stadium built. But until then, uh, not seeing it. And as far as a living panther as a mascot, um, I'm not. I'm, I'm I'm a fan of big cats, but uh, you know, out in the after seeing that Tiger King and seeing also what goes down at LSU and living down there, I'm not. I'm not for the living the living animal mascot at least at my my university i think people with statues and people and uh students wearing uh costumes i i would be okay with it maybe they could just borrow it from the zoo every saturday 
It, we, we, leave, it up to the, leave it up to the zookeepers to take care of them. They are, they're already under enough stress to worry about a football game. I don't want to do that to the, the hard-working zookeepers of the Pittsburgh Zoo. What do you, what do you say, though? That, that let's, let's, let's get away from the Oakland Zoo and go all the way around Pittsburgh and, and see what they're saying about Pitt coming out of that big Tennessee victory, Vince. Yeah, let's do it. Another Saturday coming and the Panthers are playing. Time to find out what the answers are saying. You see that game versus Tennessee. Oh, yeah, buddy. Ain't no way Pitt finishing outside the top 25 this year after that win. Oh, I don't know, though. You know, they, them corners, they could hardly tackle. Yeah, they did get whooped on a good bit. And they ain't got no run game either. Yeah, you're right. Maybe they'll win the Coastal and finish outside the top 25 end. But still, pretty good. Hell to Pitt. What the answers are saying. That's what the Inzers are saying. Uh, just yeah, still not a lot of satisfied people after that game uh, against Tennessee. But I, I am. I, I'm, I'll, I'll take it. I, I thought it was a huge accomplishment. Alan, uh, we got some. You know, we were talking about WVU. WVU's got a big game this week. A lot of big games around the country that we got to talk about. Yo, college football! Don't you dare! think that last week's big noon kickoffs were all we're going to get this year they're going to be coming each and every single week going to be tough to top though Pitt beating Tennessee while Oregon beats Ohio State at the same time playing virtually the same exact game if you watch them on two screens like we did it was like Pitt scored Oregon scored Ohio State scored Tennessee scored it was nuts and they were both very exciting and then we went on, we saw USC lose, and them fire their coach. College football, doing what college football does. This week, we might get more of it. Vatek, a favorite of this show since week one, taking on <laughs> the Hoopleheads, WVU. I'm pulling this up to get my advanced analytics out of this one, Vince, because I, I, I'm going to be... I'm going to be leaning Virginia Tech here, but then again, not at not at home for this one, right? No, so that's, no, no. That's, they're in in yeah. Uh, the 15th ranked Hokies are, are two and a half point dog in Morgan Hole this weekend. Uh, oh. I, I was surprised to see uh, Virginia Tech be an underdog in this game. Uh, that, that's got me a little nervous. Um, I'm not. I'm I, surprised. It's not just. It's just not posted as even. This is even to me. This is a West Virginia up. is not good. <laughs> their defense is not bad. Well, how are their special teams? They're going well, to the be they're going to yeah. be tested this week. That's true. But when it when it comes to you know the 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 defensive uh, WVU, I feel like they that'll give them a chance if, if Virginia Tech is is out out of the gates fast. But this is their first road test. So here we go. I don't know. I'm. Oh man, I don't. I like. I like this new guy, this Burmeister, for Virginia yeah, Tech. He's, yeah. He's he looks like he's got the goods. Um. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to pick Virginia Tech to win, even though they're not putting up the points, even though they're not doing it pretty. I'm still picking Virginia Tech on the road. I can see it. I'm I'm going pulling for the Alliance again. Let's do it. Yeah, th- this is this is a this is going to just be a nasty game. I I don't know what to make of it. I, I'm 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 still very surprised that WVU's favored. Uh, I guess I'll I'll pick Virginia Tech that I'm going to tread very lightly. 
it's a it's a tough call. WVU's coming into this game. Who have they? I'm pulling up. With, they, they got pulling them up by, right now. They I know got, they got beat by Maryland, and yeah, then they and then that they was beat, a hell of beat, a game. That yeah, might have been then, the best game of week one. And I think they beat up Bishop Sycamore in their second game. Yeah, they beat up, uh, what was it, like Long Island University or something? <laughs> oh, my uh, God. Yeah, the Sharks recently <laughs> renamed. Or I, don't, I think that's a new name for them. Uh, they uh, yeah, 66 nothing. looking that. They got Dogecoin at quarterback. So this is, this is uh, a team that, you know, in their first game was – in a big one, and they failed on the road. This is their first important game at home. That's so tough. To, I don't want to pick WVU, even though I do feel like they're going to win. Go Virginia Tech. I'm picking them to win, uh, let's say, 33-30. to 30. Yeah, That's fair enough. Um, uh, the next game here, uh, uh, the top-ranked Alabama uh, laying about 14-and-a-half on, on the road against 11th-ranked Florida, Allen. Uh, it, I look at this game, and and this, I, I cannot believe this line is a, as low as it is. Um, Florida is going to be deploying a two quarterback system, uh, and where the quarterbacks are primarily runners, and I just cannot see how that is going to work against a, a Nick Saban team, where where Nick Saban Saban is just extremely pissed off right now. Nick Saban is see it's different because usually coming off of a championship he's mad because or coming out of a year he's and he's mad he's usually because he didn't win the championship but now he's coming into it as a champion but you know he's pissed because he has a million dollar quarterback Nick Saban's so angry that his quarterback really has nothing to prove or really do but he's still getting great performance out of Bryce Young meanwhile you have Florida coming in here and. I mean, this is going to be laughable. This is, it's really 15, you said? 15? No, 14 and a half. I mean, I, I grabbed it at 14 earlier this week. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm going to look like a fool in this. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, you know, seen 15, I've seen 14 and a half. Uh, you know, it's kind of just it's bouncing around there. I mean, it, do people really think the floor is going to put up enough points? On Alabama, I mean, this is a, a total of sixty, Alan. So you know, there, there's obviously some points expected to be scored here. I mean, is can Florida actually do that uh, again? I mean, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. What are they going to do? Who will play more? Uh, Emory Jones will get the majority of the snaps. Hasn't he been? I guess I don't. I don't know what Dan Mullen's thinking here. I mean, you know, he he's been very good in these kinds of spots in the past, but I just, I mean, just by handicapping this game, I just don't, I just don't see it. This is really odd. I mean, this is an Alabama defense. That's as fast and, and smart as ever. I feel uh, against two guys who can't really throw. How's Florida going to, maybe this is the game. Bryce, Bryce Young just comes out and trips up on all of his money. Maybe he's going <laughs> to, maybe a coin flies out of his pocket and he trips. I don't know. I'm taking Alabama with the points. This feels like one of the easier bets we've had in college football. But then again, that usually means something's up. It, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I would not step in front of Alabama 
right now, at least not with a, a team like Florida. No, thank you. Next up, Vince, we've got uh, another SEC versus Alliance game, and I I don't care for either team. <laughs> I, I don't care for Auburn, but I, I think I speak for everybody in that we were going to be cheering for Auburn pretty hard in this one. Uh, the, the, the Auburn Tigers, ranked number 22 in the country by the Associated Press, uh, are going on the road to, to Penn State. This is cool. Uh, a, a, a Saturday night game. Is this game day? Yes, this Test is game this day. Game. Yeah. This is the the whiteout. Uh, there, uh, the the supposed you know most unstoppable force in all, in all of the land um, in this one. Auburn, uh, you know, opened as as a seven seven or six and a half point underdog. Uh, this has come down to four and a half. Oh in, yeah. so, in some areas. Uh, you you could grab them right now a four and a half at Caesars or Circa, uh, still oh, at five and a half at the Superbook. Um, so obviously there's been some some support for Auburn in the market here. Uh, I don't know what to make of these of this game at all. Uh, I don't think Penn State looked very good against uh, Wisconsin. I thought they were very lucky to win that game, and Auburn has has, has gone up against two sacks of flour. <laughs> and they just, you know, just beat the hell out of them. Uh, so I, I don't know what, to, I don't know what they expect from from, from Auburn here. Uh, you know, they got a good defense. You know, they got some good running backs. But and but the legend of Bo Nix is, is all he, legendary. Is he going to be someone that's finally going to rise to the occasion and get a huge road win? This is uh, his moment. This is his big moment. Um, you know, contrary to popular belief, he's not even that much, at least statistically better thrower than Sean Clifford. Uh, but I feel, it feels like it's like a, this like do nothing quarterback who like could just move a game along against this like good passer in this game. And that's on paper. It looks to me, but they are both wild card quarterbacks. When you break yeah. it down, these are two guys that are going to, the team kind of lives or dies with because they can go out there and make boneheaded mistakes, play a little too loose. That's exciting, though. That's what makes this yeah. matchup so fun. Yeah, and that's like uh, you, know, you know, Penn State's got some some pretty good receivers, and and you know, late in that game against Wisconsin, they were running you know wide open for some reason. I don't think that's going to happen against Auburn uh, at no. all. But at the same time, you know, Penn State, they do have some good some good athletes on defense. And, you know, if, if Bo Nix gets rattled a little bit, he can make some huge mistakes that could cost him a game. Um, so it, this is a, a very tough one to pick. I, I'm I, I'm inclined to pick to pick Auburn here. Um, I, I think the line was set, you know, a little high intentionally uh, based on home field advantage. And I, th- I, th- I think the public's going to be playing off that. I'm, I don't think I'm going to get involved, but if I, if I was going to, I, I'd side with Auburn. I'm definitely cheering for Auburn. Oh, man. I'm, it's the first time I'm cheering for Auburn. Uh, oh, I know. Yeah, I don't I, care for Auburn. I don't care for Auburn, but I'm I'm cheering hard for him. I'm gonna, but let me see. I'm going to give my official pick here in a second. I want to grade out. I'm looking up and grading out the interior defensive lines. For this one, this is where it's going to matter the most. Up the gut, who's going to get in the face of these two quarterbacks who could get shook easily? You got Auburn has two studs in the middle, and Colby Wooden and, and Marcus Harris, as far as I'm concerned. 
Um, they both pr- have different, you know, aspects of the game. One, you got a rush, pass rush, and you have the uh, run defense with Marcus Harris. Colby Wooden in the face of Sean Clifford. What's Penn State have up the middle? They usually have good edge rushers, right? But they don't have any big, great big fatsos who could plug or or throw a guard yeah. to the side and destroy a Bo Nix. Yeah, I would say that their their defensive line is not as strong as what it's been in the past, but they're still they're still got good players there. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I'm going Auburn. I respect uh the I respect the the size and the and the fortitude in the middle and those A gaps and the B gaps. And that's where it's going to happen. Right in Sean Clifford's face. Elbow gets hit. Dying quail in the air. Big interception for Auburn to flip field position and get the big win on the road. And all the white in Beaver Stadium turns brown. War Eagle. Um, uh, Last game uh, uh, we're going to talk about here, a Pac-12 after dark special. Uh, nineteen Number 19, Arizona State. Uh, laying three and a half on the road at BYU, who's ranked number 23. Alan, BYU coming off of a, a huge home win against their, their biggest rival, Utah, last week. Uh, and Arizona State, I feel, is a very underrated team. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna lay the points here here with Arizona State, but I'm, I'm again, I'm treading very lightly here. I'm, I'm a little – I'm surprised this line is this close, but – uh, I think Arizona State's a pretty solid ball club. I really do. Yeah, and I respect Herm Edwards. Yeah, I I respect uh, what BYU's done. They're they're prepping their program to become now a I guess a Power Five or whatever you're going to consider the Big Twelve in the future. Uh, but Arizona State, man, they could score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this uh, they could score. I like them, and I I might even tease this up. Give me more money. I, li- I like them by it. <laughs> At least a touchdown. Okay. You know that there's a there's a lot there's a big come down game coming coming after that that that's, when they hadn't beaten them in a while, right? N- n- uh, I don't believe so. Yeah, that's that's how I look at it. Uh, a big letdown spot for the Cougars. Uh, Western Michigan is a uh, about fourteen and a half or fifteen point underdog, uh, depending on where you look uh, at Heinz Field. This week, Alan, uh, you know, we, we talked about it, how, you know, Pitt's offense is just humming and that their defense seems just just too good for for Western Michigan really to light them up. Uh, I, I do see Pitt winning this game, uh, but by more than two touchdowns, uh, I, I think they just. They're they're playing really well, and I I think they're focused. I think all the seniors on this team are are really helping things out uh, and and staying locked in for this ball game. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna say Pitt's gonna win this game about we'll, we'll say 42 uh, to 20. Yep, and that's basically what they should have beaten Tennessee by. And I see this game very much in the same realm as Tennessee, but instead of substituting a bunch of tr- highly recruited players that were transferred in. We're talking about a bunch of players who 
weren't as highly recruited by other universities, but are Mac caliber. And you might even see a couple NFLers on the opposite side of the field from Pitt to, uh, in this game. Who they are exactly, I don't know. I haven't done the scouting on them that that closely. All I know is that Pitt is facing a team they match up well against, but also a team that is quality and able. Anytime you have a quarterback who's played multiple years and started and has uh, been as efficient as Caleb Ellaby, you should show them some respect. Now, saying that, Pitt has a vastly superior defensive line to uh, what Western Michigan is posing offensively. So they should destroy this team by that much, as you said, 22. And Pitt favored by what in this game, Vince? I'm looking at 15? Uh, 15, 14 and a half. Pitt's covered so far two times in a row, and they're going to do it again. I like Pitt, let's say 37 to nine okay you're not going to give me a chris berman type score of uh 22 to 19 <laughs> pit wins five to three five yeah. to four <laughs> no yeah i'm gonna go 37 <laughs> to nine that's close that's like that's kind of a berm berman-esque number yeah he swami would say number. something like that a swami number and that a total is at 59 that's definitely uh an under then that, that, I don't know if Pitts hit the, the total every game. I didn't look at that. Uh, well, yeah, I think they've gone over both times. Ooh, that, maybe I maybe yeah, I was well, being conservative. Well, I mean, you think about it. I mean, is there are people still not wising up to this that this pit offense might actually be good? Um, it, it, honestly, I mean, it's, just so, know, it's so bizarre because they can't run the ball, and then you have goofy quarterback running to the offensive coordinator for play calls you've got a right side of the o-line that looks anemic at times and i don't know it's just yeah it's tough to show that kind of confidence i think if you're uh setting lines here yeah it's you know they just it, maybe that lack of a running game is is worrying some people and you know they they still haven't fully decided on you know who the main running back is going to be um you know it's kind of just a, a hodgepodge of of several different guys, and I don't think you know, I don't think anybody's played particularly poorly. Um, it's just nobody's really just you know taken a stranglehold on that position. Grab the Bronco by the uh, saddle and take over that spot. I can't think of the analogy. Just beat the hell out of Western Michigan, Abanaconda, <laughs> and win your damn job. Show, yeah. give us some confidence in the run game. But I know it's tough when you're running behind. You know, some some would say a rough uh, offensive line, at least to start. But it's kind of what we expected. Well, we should say this, though. Uh, the pass blocking, I think, has been very good. Uh, yes. You know, yes, for as much, uh, you know, heat we were giving them on, on you know, some of this run blocking. I think I think the pass block, I'm not saying it's been perfect, but it's not like yeah. Kenny's getting sacked it's, every play. Kenny He's had time, has He's had taken, time to uh, make good, good throws. Kenny has taken uh, at least one good lick in both games so far. Last week, I don't think it was as much as his fault was as it was trying to do too much in week one when he got walloped a little bit. But last week, yeah, they, they were they were fine. Pass, good pro. They had good pro. <laughs> but uh, you know, this is this is going to get uh, more interesting in a few weeks when ACC plays starts. This week, though, come on, offensive line. Damn it. 
and no false starts. Nine penalties at Western Michigan against Western Michigan could put them in trouble too. Make it a what, scary what last think, fifteen minutes. What do you, what do you think the conversation was like at the Oaklander this week? Oh, that well, it was it was all about uh, Kenny Pickett and what he was doing in Knoxville. Like, what does the BMOC do? Well, I mean, well, I mean, what road? was he telling the offensive line whenever he, he, he <laughs> took him there? The Oaklander. Uh, oh, I mean, I'm sure he was saying good pro, good pro, good pro. <laughs> good show, good show. That's it. We're done. We yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're we're that's that's the end of this week's show. Uh, Pitt, well, I think we both expect them to win pretty comfortably here and uh, continue this season that is just continually breaking streaks and 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 disturbing trends uh, that haven't happened in quite a while. And it's also uh, uh, going to be a historic game, the first ever Pitt football game on St. Patrick's Day. How's that work? I don't know, but they're going to be doing it in front of ma- not eighty thousand fans, but a lot of drunk fans outside of Heinz Field. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think too many people are going to make it inside for this. But it's going to be a, a, a very lovely weekend for everybody, I think. And uh, when we get back here next week, it is finally on Pitt, New Hampshire, the game we've all been waiting for. We circled our calendars. We just got to get through one more. One more set, just four more quarters, and we're there. <laughs> yeah, we got to take care of this Western Michigan ball game first, and I think we can do it. Thanks for listening, everybody. As always, we want to just let you know we appreciate you for being a Pitt Panther fan, first and foremost, and secondly, for listening to the show, and then third, for just telling people about it. If you know anybody who's a Pitt fan, uh, you you should tell them about the podcast because I'm sure they would enjoy it. And and then they could tell their friends and then they'll tell their friends. And before you know it, we're doing a live show at the Pete. That's the ultimate goal. Let's get there <laughs> one step at a time. But you got to tell your friends first. Leave those reviews on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on whatever podcast gimmick you enjoy using. Spotify, Google, I don't care. Just hit subscribe and make sure you listen each and every single week. We're on this road this journey, it's our life this season. I, it's exciting. Pitt's undefeated and we're enjoying it, but I still don't know how to talk about the team as much as I do when they're losing. And that'll probably be coming later in the season, but until then, very joyous occasion doing this podcast every week because you're listening. Thank you to everybody on Pantherland, on Twitter, at H2P Show. Until then, Vince, let them know. Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt, everybody. See you next week. Living in your